Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clicking On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, August 17th. We're doing it live. And for those of you listening live, thanks so much for joining in. And for those of you who are listening on a downloaded basis, wow. We're so thrilled to have you be here with us. We're so proud to have you as our listener. It's the biggest validation of what we're doing and have been doing now for over 10 years. It's amazing. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals and real estate professionals and everyone else interested in what's going on inside of the mortgage industry. It includes people on the hill. Yeah, pay attention, people on the hill. We need to, you need to hear some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. And we are so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information. And we've got some timely information today. We bring it to you in an audio format so you can listen to it anytime, anywhere. Some of our interviews in the Hot Topics segment are starting to show up on our YouTube feed. So be sure to check out the Look at Unlending on YouTube. We're sharing more of our interviews. We're shifting kind of that way. We'll always do it in an audio format. That'll always be there. But because of the content and how things are moving, we are moving more and more to video. Our hot topic this segment is Josh Friend. Josh is a co-founder and CEO of Incelerate. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, but more, we're talking about borrower engagement. He learns so much about how to engage the consumer. And I just love hanging around him. So last week, we had my good buddy, Alec Gutchinson of uh, Sales Boomerang. Love that product. Their sponsors, and we work with them. But you sit at conferences. I can't wait for that day to happen again. Where we sit at conferences, and I just love listening to these guys talk. They think differently. And that is the purpose of me sharing Josh Friend's interview that I did this week and, and share with you on this Hot Topic segment. You're really enjoy it. Talk about how we're seeing technology impacting how we can gauge borrowers and consumers. Great stuff. Anyway, I want to say thank you to the Industry Syndicate for their promoting of our podcast as long as well as Mortgage Media. There's these two organizations, MortgageMedia.com as well as IndustrySyndicate.com. does a great job of hosting our podcast as well as many, many others. Let's see here. Finastra has a webinar coming up September 1st at 1 p.m. I want to make sure you register for that as our listeners. We're going to be talking about streamlining the lending processes with digital solutions, reducing operating costs, and increasing employee morale, and improving employee retention. That's very good. One of my favorite topics. I'll be doing the webinar presenting on it. I got Steve Hope. Oh, 
Finastra working with Beyond. So check that out. Also, be sure to check the website. You can register for the webinar, but you can also register for our podcast. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. We're so grateful to have a really deep relationship with the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We're thrilled with their leadership. And boy, I tell you, we need them badly, especially when you look at what Mark Calabria announced and the effort of what uh, the MBA is to get everyone attention on this so we can get some pressure to bear to get this 50 bips raised in pricing on refinances taken away and done away with MBA put Bob Brooksman put out a great piece and is working behind the scenes aggressively on that front but you also could have your voice heard by going to Mortgage Action Alliance go to it on their website at mba.org or you can go to Mortgage Action Alliance Google that they have an app on the Android and the Apple phones on your smartphones so that you can have your voice heard right from your cell phone it's just a couple of clicks and you got your word off to Washington, D.C. So, man, we got to make sure we're screaming about this. Also, Finastro, we already talked about their mortgage bot solution in the upcoming webinar. Be sure to check that out, as well as Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative. Both these co-ops are creating competitive advantages for lenders and vendor members, as well as the community Mortgage Lenders of America. Love our affiliation with them, as well as Indicom. I was just talking to our friends over there this last week. It is so much fun to hear about all the product solutions that Indicom has to offer. Be sure to check it out. Linda is just such a dear friend. She and Stan, her husband, are uh, dear, dear friends. And, uh, and be sure to check out what Indicom has got and what they can do to help you. Of course, we're going to have Incelerate on the podcast. So we're going to be talking about them and their borrower engagement program. Great to have all to have them as a sponsor, as well as Ainsworth Advisors. More and more lenders and the GSEs are asking, who is your board of advisors? Who's talking to you? What's outside of your immediate management group that's giving you advice? Check out AinsworthAdvisors.com as well as AI Assist. It's artificial intelligence used to reaching borrowers. Folks, this is the wave of the future. You've got to check it out. As well as celebrity home loans growing through acquisitions, doing a great job in the marketplace of growing. As well as Knowledge Group, one of the best learning management systems. Love what Ken Perry and that group is doing. As well as Mobility RE. They have the ability to help you recruit top LO reps, as well as Modex. Both of these two firms, Mobility RE and Modex, have great solutions. You need to check out both of them because there's a complement to each other and some of the tools that they have that allow you to connect to the right LOs and realtors. Both of these systems, check them out on our website, Click It On Lending, as well as Velma, as well as VendorSurf, as well as Vidyard. I was using Vidyard to communicate by video here recently and you got to check out vid vid yard y-a-r-d.com see all that they have also a special thank you goes out to alice andy allen and matt for their contributions each and every week let's get over to rob van rapphorst with this week's mba mortgage minute rob what you got Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapports. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac released lender letters announcing a 50 basis point adverse market refinance fee to be imposed on refinances delivered on or after September 1st. The fee applies to all refinances with the exception of single closing construction to permanent loans that are processed and delivered as a refinance. MBA CEO Bob Brooksman released a statement strongly urging the FHFA to withdraw this directive. This directive is contrary to recent Federal Reserve policy to keep rates low and the administration's recently announced directives to support homeowners. 
Following MBA's statement, MBA and 19 other organizations representing the housing and financial services industries, as well as public interest groups, issued a joint statement on the adverse market refinance fee. MBA will be working tirelessly in the days ahead with our colleagues and Congress to roll back this deeply misguided FHFA policy. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us. Boy, talk about understatement, Rob. Deeply misguided? No kidding. So glad we have Bob Brooksman and the whole team there on the Hill working at the NBA, working on the Hill to get this overturned. This has got to get reversed, folks. We're talking more about that in just a minute. But before we do, make sure to go out and sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Stress that. We, if there's ever a time you need to have your voice heard, it's now. Check out Mortgage Election Alliance. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and the macro view of the markets. Les. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. Fed. Immaculate dreams. Make spread and yield. They've been waiting for truth. Is the Fed's perfect dream holding us in the matrix? That is, do mortgages remain in a trading range balanced by Fed's action or inaction? So what do the markets expect? Effective therapy? Proven vaccines? Positive economic news throughout the world? If the above items gain more appeal, then do the many near-term negative items disappear and squash mortgage prices? Who do yields need? Who does Fed love? When they come undone, can't Powell keep from falling apart? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Ah, good job, you guys. Love that, Les. Les Parker, Gary Countrybone, good partnership out there and uh, producing a great spotlight. So be sure to sign up for Les Parker's daily newsletter at tmspotlight.com. Matt, good, good to have you here. I'm looking at your screen as I wheel away around on my microphone. Look at your screen. I've got this massive screen behind me, and I love what's up here. And looks like some good news on the 10-year, but why are mortgage rates not responding? Come on, give us some insight. Yeah, you know, the numbers do look pretty good. Even MBS looks good, and they're not responding, of course, because of the LLPA tape bomb that we got last week. And I know we're going to be talking more about that later in the show. I'll just touch on it briefly here in a second. But let's take a look at last week because we began the week when we talked on Monday, a little bit worried that there was going to be some sort of breakout in rate. And normally it's pretty safe to look at the 10-year yield for an indication of momentum. Even if it's not tracking perfectly with MBS, if the 10-year is going to have some sort of technical breakout, then it's going to put upward pressure on rate. Uh, Indeed, that happened. And uh, there's really quite a bit of question as to how much pressure came from the 10-year because MBS, mortgage-backed securities, didn't respond very much. So let's take a look at the usual suspects. When we think about bond market movement, the conventional wisdom says we need to look at economic data. So I'll give you a quick rundown of what happened last week, and we'll talk about whether or not it mattered. Uh, We had PPI, the producer price index, on Tuesday, and uh, that measures inflation at the wholesale level, came in uh, with a core reading, 0.3 versus 0.0. And that's a pretty big beat as far as inflation reports go. The next day, we had consumer prices, even bigger. 1.6 versus 1.1. Now, these numbers are well under the 2.0% sort of target that the Fed has, but they are trending back in a direction that might make some people worried uh, that inflation is going to have an impact on the bond market. Then the next day, jobless claims. They were a little bit weaker than expected at 963,000 versus 893, but 
Importantly, this is the first time they dipped under 1 million since they broke above 1 million as the coronavirus saga began. Retail sales, the biggest headline of the week for economic data was on Friday. And while the headline itself was weaker than expected, 1.2 versus 1.9, two uh, caveats, two yeah buts there that uh, sort of an economically (laughs) bullish person might point out. Number one is that this puts retail sales back in the black for 2020. And number two is when we look at core retail sales, which strip out more volatile components like autos, gas, and building materials, then the reading was 1.4 versus 0.8. So more strength there. All that econ out of the way, none of that moved the bond market. It might have looked like the producer price index had an impact on Tuesday. But if we look really closely, we can see that the weakness in bonds really picked up at 8.20 a.m. and not 8.30 a.m. I know this is really minute detail for a lot of people, but it goes to the point that the bond market has a, a sort of an unofficial opening bell at 8.20, and that goes back to the CME's pit trading open. And that is when a lot of traders make their first big trades of the day. And we can often see a spike in volume and volatility at that time of day. And it often gets confused with the 8.30 a.m. economic data releases. So this was a sign that traders were uh, ramping up their defensiveness ahead of the week's supply. Treasury auctions, biggest ones we've had in ever. Biggest treasury auctions ever last week. And corporations issuing a ton of debt. So corporate bond issuance for 2020 has already set a record as of the week before last. We knew it was going to be broken last week, and it was. So record corporate bond issuance. Granted, that's not a treasury. It's not an MBS, but it puts pressure on that because if you're a farmer uh, selling your fruit at the fruit market, this is like another fruit grower coming in with a bunch of fruit that other people that are going to buy fruit might want to buy. So addition for other bonds, driving prices down for treasuries and MBS. Also, treasuries are used in the hedging process for corporate bonds, meaning they can be sold in the short term in order to insulate the uh, corporate bond issuers from risk. Anyway, corporate bond issuance adding to the pressure. And then, of course, all that technical stuff, the math that we <laughs> apply to the charts and the lines in the sand, we broke above 0.57 in 10-year yields. We saw follow through from a technical standpoint. It's kind of one of these things where traders look across the aisle at the other traders and say, hey, about looking like it's going to be about time to sell some bonds, right? I mean, we've been doing so well, but yeah. I think we need to pull back. Oh, hey, here, we can hide behind this PPI report. We can hide behind this Russian vaccine headline. And all of that stuff ultimately is not the, the fundamental mover for bond market. It's really that overbought condition and then the supply concern. It makes so much more sense for traders to be in position for treasury mm-hmm. auctions. Great point. With, it lowers the price of what they're about to be forced to bid on. So coming up this week, we have NAHB already out this morning. Really, really high builder confidence right now. That's great to see. The rest of the week is very heavily focused on housing data. We have housing starts on Tuesday. Of course, with us as always, applications on Wednesday. And then a break from housing data on Thursday, but we'll get Philly Fed and weekly jobless claims. And then existing home sales on Friday expected to be pretty strong yet again. Uh, housing data has been most of the expectations are calling for the numbers to really get back to where they were before coronavirus, which is great to see in that sense. But again, it's not going to be the economic data that moves the bond market. So I'll just wrap up here real quick, Dave, because I know we're going to talk about it later. The LLPA change really more than anything had a dramatic effect on rates. And it didn't Uh. care what treasuries were saying. And it didn't care what the MBS were saying. And it didn't care that the letter of that LLPA change specified refinances because more than a few lenders didn't have the time or energy or wherewithal to implement it as discrete LLPA and instead just said, holy crap, we're going to hit everything across the board. We're going to hit it more than we need to. 
and we're going to sort this out later. So purchase pricing took a hit that was just as big as refis in many cases. And pricing across the board took a much bigger hit than the 0.5 LLPA would suggest because regulators just told lenders that they're going to need to cough up hundreds of billions of dollars that they weren't planning on coughing up. And that money has to come from somewhere. So it came off rate sheet pricing. And we're starting to see that calm down this morning. I just pulled rates from a bunch of lenders this morning, and uh, some are still a little bit higher, but most are better. And uh, it looks like that pucker factor was really priced into the market last week and uh, hopefully can continue to calm down this week. That's all I got for you. That's good stuff. Can't wait to get your thoughts on this when we get into the next segment with Alice talking about some of this. But I'm looking at the markets. We got one text that came in. What was the ultimate low? I had forgotten that on March 9th, we went down on the 10-year treasury down to 0.318. I had forgotten gotten it spiked down that low. And how did I know? Because I'm on your screen and I decided, oh, let's click what it's looked like over one year. And then I have three months and one month. And I mean, I usually have it set on the five-day adjustment on the so I can see how it's graphed out. But man, this is such an outstanding system. And then again, the live news stream. What's great stuff. And it's always fun to listen to what's uh, MBS live chat. I love what people are chatting about. I see Peter Lesick, the second in there. We see him in a lot. And then Michael Pennington up there. So yeah, shout out to all these guys that are using our system and using it effectively to find out what's happening. What a way to communicate. Love it. Love it. Great system. Do a great job. So thrilled to have you on the podcast. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Dave. You bet. Alice Alvey, good to have you here. I always love having you bring in your perspective. She is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training, highly valued by Union Home Mortgage. And uh, she's got this week's legislative update. What you got? Well, I just wanted to help level set for those of you. To Matt's point, a lot of folks just glance. The the Fannie Mae memo was a one-pager, short list of information, nothing like their typical announcement. Um, But just wanted to level set for everybody exactly what it says. So uh, late Wednesday, we received announcements from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that there would be a 50 basis point loan level price adjustment referred to as an adverse market fee that would apply to all refinances. And as you heard mentioned in the MBA update, this is excludes if you have a new construction one-time close that you're calling a refinance for lending purposes. That Technically, that's still a purchase. So those are what's not excluded is limited cash out refinances where there's a cap on the LLPA. So from what I'm reading, this is above that. So you apply your cap to all your LLPAs, but the adverse market fee would apply on top of that. So it does hit your home buyers and all refinance products, and the only exception is the new construction. So don't, they, they found that loophole and they made sure they closed it. So as an industry, what's highly unusual in my 40 plus years, I think I'm 48, years now, Dave. Not as long as you in mortgages, but I'm uh, <laughs> a long, long time. I can't recall ever seeing such a big change that was implemented without discussion to the industry and in such a short period yes. of time. So yeah. Andy Shell brought this up on our pre-call. I'm sure you guys will, will keep talking about it. You know, that's the issue. I mean, as an industry, you go, okay, if I have to absorb an LLPA, just give me enough time to prepare my customers, get my sales on board, get my pricing. But the fact that loans in process were impacted by this, and of course, all the conversations everyone had had with borrowers over the last week, this was a really big deal, and that's what started the firestorm. So I'll stop there. 
there. I just wanted to level set the, what the memo says for everybody and uh, let you take it from here on. Where do you want to start? <laughs> oh, how many WTH did I get in a matter of minutes from so many clients and, and people in the industry because of our podcast and so many people listening to us, they're wanting their perspective. So uh, let's get around the horn and get some thoughts on this. And then I'll share with you what I've turned up and learning. Again, thank you to the MBA and Bob Brooksman and the whole team there working tirelessly behind the scene. But let's get over to Matt one more time. What some of the chatter that you're hearing out there, any explanations? I mean, all you do is sit there looking at the news all day. So I'm going, what's your thoughts? Yeah. And I've talked to quite a few people, including Bob at MBA and Mike, uh, and they they came on MBS Live right after this happened. So hats off to uh, the MBA because I know they were all over this and I know they probably left it all out on the field trying to fight it. But with talking about the fact that this happened without discussion with the industry, from what I understand, it was discussed with some people as early as Monday. That's when I heard about it and I, I dismissed it. You did hear some heads up. So it didn't come as a complete, I mean, it still came as shock, but you I mean, did it hear... came as a shock to chase. They pulled their yeah. pricing back 150 bips, like at way after hours. And there were other lenders that were repricing in the middle of the night. So clearly it took a lot of lenders by surprise. Uh, so I don't think it was widely broadcast on Monday, but it, the industry was consulted. And I know for a fact, a verifiable fact, that people at higher levels within the industry told regulators, this is ridiculous and this is going to really cause a big problem for these reasons. And they sort of said, well, tough, we're going to do it anyway. As for the reasons, it's so open to speculation right now. And I've heard different things and you know, I have my own thoughts and I really, really like to sort of keep things down in the middle and not get too right. speculative. Out of the fringe. Yep. But some things that just to consider, uh, we know that back in June that the FHFA raised capital requirements uh, for Fannie and Freddie, and that they are also hitting the month where they are going to be responsible to pick up the slack from lenders with forbearances. And it's entirely possible that there is a very justifiable reason for this increase. Now, it's a huge increase, right? They're more than doubling the existing GFE. Existing GFE is running about 48 bips per the last report, uh, end of Q2. And so this more than doubles the GFE, which is wow. Mm. Anyway, the, as far as the motivation, they could actually need that money. They could, in order to hit these capital requirements, in order to make sure that things don't get uh, too much of a bumpy road uh, with forbearances needing to be paid by GSEs now in certain cases. Of course, it's the implementation that's the issue. And I guess the sort of conspiracy theory speculation there is that if the GSEs aren't a really big fan of Calabria, uh, they might say, well, you want us to hold all this capital and we got to foot the bill for these forbearances, well, fine. We're just going to implement this thing overnight and it's going to make you look terrible. And it could be as simple as that. And that might be why it's happening in such an illogical way. I couldn't tell you off the top if this is regulators intentionally doing something to throw a wrench in the works for sort of petty reasons, or if they really didn't understand that doing things in this way was going to cause lenders to turtle up as much as they did in pricing, not just for refis, but also in purchases. And I don't know why they left purchases out of it. It could be that NAR has a really good lobby. It could be that their congressional charge is to increase home ownership opportunities and they don't want to look like they're undermining that. Either way, somebody should have foreseen that purchases were going to get hit too when they pulled back pricing across the board because I think everyone in the MBS Live community saw that one coming when it happened and it was no surprise to see it. Can I ask a question? It was something that you just said, Matt and Dave and Andy, I would love your... So Matt, you phrased it as if this came from Fannie and Freddie. Didn't it come from FHFA? So I'm just curious that whatever 
everyone's heard, right? Was this this was a directive from Calabria, or this came no, it was from a, Danny and we, Freddie? And we don't and I would assume it came from Calabria from FHFA. I, I assumed the exact same thing up front. I'm like, oh, that darn Calabria, and there was no official communication from the FHFA. Frequently, when stuff like this is announced, we'll see something from FHFA, and then the GSEs will follow suit. This came straight from the GSEs. I don't even know if FHFA knew. I I don't know personally if they had to get clearance from the FHFA to put this out or if they had to consult with the FHFA to put it out. But we haven't seen any official communication from the FHFA that I'm aware of. I couldn't find any. Heard some anecdotal comment that this was the GSE thing. Yep. I've heard talk that it it came out of that, but I kept looking for a commentary direct from Calabria, and there was that. It came right from GSEs. But I think the assumption is, Alice, everyone is pointing towards Calabria. They know that there's there's been a concern that Calabria doesn't understand the industry. He comes from academia, and he is uh, in a place where he has not uh, been held to regard. I've had the privilege of meeting with Calabria one-on-one in several occasions. And so this guy is a reasonable sounding guy. I mean, I know Lynn Fisher is, I'm not sure exactly what she, but she's a chief economist. It was at the NBA. He's, he's surrounded himself with some really smart people. And Lynn is about as sharp as they come. And I have tremendous respect for her. So I'm going to get around and I'll tell you the most, the, probably the most interesting commentary is something I'll share in just a minute. But Andy Shell, uh, your thoughts? Well, a couple of things. So when stuff like this happens, it's the who, what, where, when, why is always important to understand, but also almost more importantly when it happens is what now? And so yeah, the, what? The, the what now is a couple of things. So it, the industry was on track about a $2 trillion run rate. Now, this only is going to affect refi, but it's also going to affect purchase. But the pure gain on sale hit. If you figure $2 trillion run rate, that's like $170 billion a month. So this half a point is going to be like $800 million. So call it a billion just to round up. A billion dollar capital impact to mortgage lending sounds extravagant to say that, and that's including all volume. But it's a big hit. It's, even if you do focus only on the refi and say it's $500 million, it's still, in one week, you had a huge capital impact on mortgage lending. Now, that means that the gain on sales are going to be down. Now, so from a cash flow perspective, when we get to security settlement or we get to aggregator sale, the money's going to be less. Now, you can't really pass it to the consumer because you got a lock. can't pass it to the LO because you've got contracts. So the mortgage industry is going to eat a cost that's substantial. And, and while I actually kind of fundamentally support the idea of slowing the MSR CPA, we want for the CPR, the MSR to go yeah. down. We want for the PSA to slow. But this was so easy to fix. Just do it for all locks after August the 13th. Do it so it was effective September the 15th. There were so many ways to make this not be as bad as it is. And I got to believe Freddie and Fannie know that. They know this business. So then if it's Calabria alone, it's either incompetent or malicious. There's no middle ground to land on why. It was either stupid, purposely bad. I don't know. Well, get ready for this because Les Parker's listening live. We got a number of people listening live to this because a lot of people wanted to get our perspective. And he goes, I'm willing to jump in here. And so he dialed in. I'm going to turn on his mic. Les, how are you? You just texted me say, yes, you're pro this fee. Come on, I talk am, to actually. us. And the, and the reason I am is I'm looking at it as the long-term stability of having investors invest in mortgage-backed securities. Uh, challenges yeah, that I've we've heard that had, what, one of the challenges that we've had is that the delinquency 
in the performance of refinance loans in pools is worse than regular purchase money pools. And so from that perspective, there should be some type of an adjustment. Additionally, we're having trouble with investors outside of the United States investing in mortgage-backed securities. They are still investing in them that it's really a challenge because the coupon stack is so tight. So there needs to be a little bit of expansion in that. This is on the margin, as Andy was just talking about, and he is correct that this impacts the capital structure of mortgage lenders because it does take a lot of capital out of mortgage lenders at the first time. Once they get it priced, it doesn't. But I'm for adjusting the cost of these type of mortgages so we can better serve the investors who ultimately support the market. That is a good perspective, and others have started to echo this, and there's been some suspicions that that might be what's somewhat behind it, because you look at the greatest churning, Les and I are on the Ainsworth Board of Advisors meeting, and I'm, I think it may be posted or very soon posted on the website, so go to AinsworthAdvisors.com, and we have a call once a month, and we have Joe Murin, we have Gary Ort, myself, we have Mark Helm, we've got also our newest member on there is Gwen Muse-Evans. She was the former Senior Vice President Head of Risk at Fannie Mae. And so she wears two hats. She convises to the industry and also she has a perspective on Fannie Mae. So she gave a great perspective. I'm not going to try to articulate it other than I encourage you to go to the AinsworthAdvisors.com website and listen to the discussion that we recorded last week. It's a pay up tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow. Okay, good. It's not on their day. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, good. Oh, you cannot believe all the people pinging me on this. It is all over the map. It's usually less. That's a great point you raise, however. And then you can only imagine what's <laughs> after the, what the however. So this is getting a reaction. And Alice's point was very solid. And that is, this is unprecedented, the way this is handled and rolled out. And uh, there's no love loss between uh, Calabria and the GSE. So maybe it's, there's something to that theory too. But I'll tell you here, we'll end it on this point unless anyone has anything I, ha- I have a question I, yes. Dave, before you end this let me give a question to alice and also to matt because i think they might have some good insight on this when we look at how much it costs to originate a loan right now and then we look at the margins of where they're at right now in the industry how much excess is there in margins right now in this industry well i can speak a little bit to that where those who reacted first clearly have a margin <laughs> problem, right? <laughs> so yeah. when you look at how quickly or some just reacted, like and, yeah, and, and others not as quickly to kind of let it play out in the market. Uh, so definitely in your TPO and third-party spaces, there'll be an impact, but it's just all going to get passed on to the consumer so that they can retain the margin, right? So during this interim, while they're trying to absorb the funds, uh, it's like you said, this is across the industry. I don't have the number. In any given company, it can be many millions. I know uh, Bill was part of a large group, lots of CEOs on the phone Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all weekend uh, trying to come up with next steps. Well, it's a trick question, first off. Yes. And Les, ask you a trick question? <laughs> no. Well, I, listen, I'll give one comment. I, I'm sure Matt would like to chime in. I appreciate that, Andy. But I want to know about Wells Fargo. If we look at Wells Fargo, still among the top end originators in the United States. They have been pricing on their refinances for their own customers, 50 basis points in rate higher for refinances. So I understand I am anti-tax, just to let everyone know. But we went down this road, 
many years ago to risk-based pricing. So if you're going to be in, which I actually disagree with risk-based pricing, but if you're going to be in the, with open arms and the whole industry took in risk-based pricing, well, you're paying the consequence for it now. And the reason we have risk-based pricing, because there really is higher risk to refinances. If you don't want to believe that, maybe you should start lobbying for changing the whole way you do pricing. I don't think the industry is ready for that. Thank you. Yeah, that's Gwen's comment on that, too. Andy Schell, last thoughts on this? You want to add anything? Button it up. Well, if if you run the 2020 numbers, you're going to see that mortgage lending made more money than in history. And the return to the owners of mortgage companies in 2020 is going to be off the charts. So the margin pad that's at almost every company just to slow things down is substantial. So cutting a half, yeah, it's a big number to come out, but I don't think it's going to hurt people at all. Now, how's that for controversial? Well, it is blowing up right now. It is crazy the amount of response coming in on this. Folks, we're going to continue talking about this. I thank you so much. We got to move on. Les, thank you so much for dialing in. Yep. We got calm waters going until you always dial in and you throw some big boulder in the middle of it. It's always good. It's thought provoking. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love you guys. You do, all of you do a great job. And uh, thank you for letting me join in on the conversation for a couple moments. Thanks. Bye. You bet. It, it's a great, it's good to have you, Les. Appreciate you, man. All right, let's get over to Alan Pollock. And Alan's here just briefly with us. And he said, I'll give up my segment. Keep the thing going. It's very good. But he has a couple things he wants to share with us quickly. So, Alan, shoot. Yeah, thanks, David. You know, I, God, we have such smart people on this podcast. It's just, it's such an honor to, to be part of this conversation, to be honest with you. But I'll just add one piece, David, for the sake of time, and we get into all the good stuff on my segment next week. While I'm not a fan of the fee, I got to tell you, there is something absolutely major going on with disruption in our industry. The amount of money and valuation on companies and the pieces that are being woven together by by big organizations and small organizations is so, it's building and building and building. It's almost like when it's going to snow and you can smell it in the air, it gets nice and quiet and the sunset, (laughs) something is going on. I also know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Something is going on. We are, are, something's brewing here. There's there's And and I got to be honest with you, we could probably guess. I mean, I could spend an hour talking about Black Knight, Ice, everybody. It's just something's going on. And the fact that whether we have plenty of margin, right, I agree with that for years. The point in the end is I think blockchain is going to make this huge advancement. I think that there's capital needed to do different things and there's something going on, whether it's private or public or it's government-based. The point I'm getting to is capital is needed somewhere and there's big disruption that's going to come. We're on the brink of some major, major um, investments and changes. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, Ooh, that's a good tease yeah, for us to talk larger, about in the future. Yep. In the larger community, there's there's reasons to and not to like this fee. I don't have necessarily an exact opinion on it, but that's my thought on the technology end of it. There's some major stuff happening. It's going to be fun yep. to see. Yeah, we've got some disruption coming, not quite like we've ever seen before. It's a great point. And I appreciate you, Alan. Thanks for, uh, yes. Dave, I want to add one thing. I I was just coming to you. So it's your segment. Come on in. Thanks, Alan. (laughs) Go ahead, Andy. I'll I'll save save my real segment for next week. Because of what happened, we need to think about what's the borrower's mindset or what the, what are are borrowers going to be shopping rates? What's going to happen to the pull through of refi? It's going to skyrocket. So you better cover your hedge differently. You got to adjust your hedge coverage now because your pull through on refi is going to be different than you thought it was because of this, very likely. 
We ain't in Kansas anymore, are we? Very likely. Artificial impact. But it's real. Yeah. It's going to affect it. It, it. It's real. It's a good point. That's a great point. That's a great way to end it up, wrap that up with the, the Profit Doctor segment in there. So, folks, we could not resist not covering some of the hot topics we normally do, but there's so much going on around this. Here, I'll end this discussion with this. How did the administration handle this? They were dead set against it. And I think when you pay attention to what this administration says, this took them by surprise. They're not happy about it. We'll see how that plays out. And so a lot more to discuss on this. I'm telling everyone, stay tuned. I don't know that the this is over. I think we may see some more changes there. So we could go on and on, but I appreciate everyone being a part of the first part of this podcast, Andy and Chuck, my good friends at MBS Mortgage Banking Solutions. They're here and and Andy's representing that group. And Andy, thanks so much for your commentary always. I can't wait for your segment next week as well as Alan's because I know you guys had some great stuff for us. So listeners, be sure to come back next week for these two as we will continue our discussion on uh, back on technology and what you can do to fix your bottom line. Andy Shell, when are you going to get your new podcast up and running? It's coming. Good deal. That's so good. That's really, really good. Folks, that wraps up the regular segment of what we discuss each and every week. Folks, appreciate you being a part of the podcast. Got a lot of feedback on the discussion about the 50 BIPs increase for refinances. I'm looking at all the emails that came in as I was listening to the interview. We'll try to cover as much of this again on what we keep learning as we all get the feedback in some Top people have gave us some their thoughts on it. So appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Text me, uh, 512-632-2900, or send me a message on LinkedIn, or you could always email me at david at tms-advisors.com. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, looking forward to having you back. Next week, we're going to have Finastra on talking about uh, some of the innovation. We're looking at innovation right now. That's where the focus is. So say a special thank you to our sponsors, starting off with Finastra, our guest next week, as well as the Community Mortgage Lender. Association of America, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, and Modex, and uh, so many more. Check them all out on our sponsor page on our website, Licking on Lending. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.